Um, Doc, are you ready to, to hop in? Well, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do it. Let's dive in here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Candy, I see your question. That's a great question. Um, and, and I love people that, that like, this is a great use of that time of, of the, the show. Any, any follow-up questions that, uh, you forgot to ask during a visit with one of our providers, uh, or Dr. Rogers, this is a great time to do it. So thank you, uh, Candy on YouTube for putting that in here. Um, all right, let's, uh, jump in. Um, what would cause a 62 year old female to suddenly develop the feeling of quote unquote, having socks on like a restriction, but no noticeable swelling halfway up the calf. And then it goes on. It's been consistent for about four weeks and there all the time. Sometimes the feet burn at night. I'll go back to this, uh, to the question part. Doc, what's your thoughts on this? Um, you know, there are some syndromes that could be caused by that. You think about, um, of course, you always think about you have to rule out diabetes if you have any kind of um, numbness in your feet. Um, you, you check. So you check that. You check circulation, um, you know, as far as pulses and maybe um, check and see if you have some venous insufficiency, if you're swelling or if it's no swelling and no edema uh, and no pain you know, it may be caused by a nerve uh, impingement. Um, so it deserves a workup for sure. So go in for some routine blood work um, just to make sure that everything's okay there. Um, see a, a physician to make sure they can check your um, pulses and maybe even uh, something called ABI, ankle, ankle brachial index that can indicate um, stenosis or arterial occlusion. Um, there's some weird diseases that can cause it, cause a glove-like distribution of um, uh, neuropathy, but it deserves a workup for sure. Um, the suddenness kind of puzzles me a little bit. Usually these things come on kind of gradually. Mm. You got to think about medications that could possibly cause some of that. Um, get some routine blood work. You got to rule out uh, some neuropathy or n nerve impingement. Uh, could be coming from your back or could be coming from your iliac arteries sometimes. Uh, uh, so you think vascular, you think neurological. Um, and think rule out diabetes for sure. That'd be an easy rule out. Um, but uh, it'd be an interesting case. I wish you lived around here. You could come in and we could work it up. All right. Thank you for that question there. I'm going to go to a, uh, this is a, it's, it's a, a general question, um, but I really like it because um I feel like there's a little bit of controversy around omega-3s and, and I know omega-3s in particular are, are one where you really do want to get the right type. You want to get the right brand um, because they can go rancid and they can be bad. Um, so yeah, just probably over, probably over any uh, supplement, the one that really, you really need to get a good brand is the omega-3, whether it be fish oil or krill. Um, you know, I, I tend to like krill oil better, 
depends on where they get the fish from. Um, you know, certainly, um, uh, my favorite is orthomolecular. Um, they're omega-3. That's the one I take. Um, if you cut into that, and it almost tastes lemony, so it doesn't leave a bad fish taste in your mouth and give you a lot of GERD symptoms. Some people can't tolerate omegas very well. And if they just, no matter what brand you get, like Nordic Naturals or Life Extension, if they still give you reflux, then... You can put them in the freezer and take them directly out of the freezer and they won't cause that fishy burp taste or reflux because uh, by the time they get in your, they, they'll leave your stomach by the time they kind of dissolve in your small intestine. So that's one little trick you can use. But um, I like orthomolecular. Uh, just don't get them at some cheap place. They should be dated. Uh as to when the expiration date is. And if you have any question, cut one open and smell it or taste it. And if it's rancid, don't take it. Um, so can get, you, a good, get a good omega-3. Can you, uh, and, and this is actually for me uh, and hopefully a, a couple other uh, people that are with us live, um, what is the difference between krill oil and fish oil? Is that just a type of fish? One of them comes from krill. It's a type of fish. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that krill something are that they really can... small fish that um, are, are really they're just a little more pure. You know, the the bigger the fish, the more toxins it could have in it. So, uh, so krill are almost like tiny shrimp, I guess you'd call it. Good question. Uh, but those are the ones that don't tend to uh, taste fishy to me. All right, guys, and, and if you guys have added questions about omega threes, uh, it'll that'll help me out because I'm trying to learn myself <laughs> about it. Um, okay, I like this one because you talk about uh, Redmond sea salt quite a bit. Um, this another general one. Uh, where do you get Redmond sea salt? Yeah. Um, give your two cents on it. Yeah, I can get. I find it at Food City. It's almost at any uh, grocery. Certainly, any health food store will have it, but. Um, I find them here at the local grocery store in the salt section and it, it comes to the United States. So whether that means anything or not, but um, that's my favorite. It tastes good. So that's the one I tend to, that's the sea salt that I tend to like the best. All right. Um, let's go to another supplement question here. And also just a, you know, a, a little, uh, uh, a little compliment that, you know, I got this uh, through email and, um, and that always, it always makes me feel good to, to, uh, uh, get to, to add this in here. Uh, haven't heard much about ginkgo biloba in years. Do you think it is a good supplement to use specifically for memory? A friend asked me and I immediately said, I will ask the best doctor. And that's what we're doing tonight. Well, we better tune in Dr. Oz or somebody if they're <laughs> looking for the best doctor, but, uh, <laughs> but thank you. Um, yeah, you know, um, ginkgo biloba, um, which is mostly, I think, a plant found in China. I forget the name of the plant, wild whisper or something. But anyway, most people take that for um, improved mental function is the main reason people take ginkgo. Um, and I don't know. It, I'm not against it. You have to sometimes it causes some side effects like nausea, dizziness. I think it may even can, if you're a diabetic, lower your blood sugar too much. 
in conjunction with some of the diabetic medicines, but um, I'm certainly not against it at all. seems like I've more morphed towards ginseng, um, especially the Panax ginseng, which I like a lot. There's probably a little more evidence that it, that it acts a little more effectively. Um, but uh, the Panax ginseng is, is more of an anti-inflammatory. And I think it works more by uh, for brain function on uh, the acetylcholine receptors, whereas ginkgo, I'm, I'm pretty sure, works more on maybe opening up the circulation a little bit. Thereby, you have to kind of watch your blood pressure with it too, if it can if it drops it out a little low. Again, you're not going to find uh, a lot of double-blinded studies on either of these ginkgo or ginseng. Some people even use them together. Uh, so there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that they they may be helpful, but you're not going to find too many uh, trials on them. But they're both, you know, thousands and thousands of years old, and people have been using them for for many years. So I guess, you know, I'm not against it. Uh, you know, I'm not sure which brand to, 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 to really guide you to with the ginkgo, but with the ginseng, I like the Panax ginseng and that's not a brand. That's just the type of ginseng it is. I'm sure there's several brands. Uh, I tend to favor that a little bit for mental function as well as the anti-inflammatory effects with the ginseng. Um, but great question. You know, I just haven't, you know, recommended it a whole lot, although I'm not against it. Um, it's certainly one of those top herbs for mental clarity. Um, so uh, great question though. I, I would tend towards the Panax ginseng over that, but that's just my own opinion. All People right. may have had some experience with it and may have some great reports on it. Okay, um, let's move on here. And this is a, a life extension uh, question. I believe, there we go. If I add Nutrafol or, li or life extension hair and nail to my life extension multivitamin, it will bump my zinc up to 45 milligrams. Is this too much without adding copper and there is a follow-up question to it i'll go ahead and, and get your answer to to this um and then we'll go no on. usually usually you're not going to deplete your copper until you get higher doses of zinc certainly if you're taking 100 milligrams of copper or of zinc it's going to deplete your copper so you know i try to tell people if you're consistently taking zinc 50 milligram even 50 milligram you should be taking uh trace minerals that have a little copper in it um, so I think that's a great question. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a little copper in there anyway. It makes your vitamin A work better. And that kind of goes to this. Um, also, it will bump the vitamin A to 10,000 IU and the pantothenic acid to 63 milligrams. Is, is this too much? No, I don't think it is. Uh, pantothenic acids, vitamin B5, it's really good for a lot of things. Uh, energy, of course, like all the B vitamins, um, but probably helps in circulation as well. But no, um, no, I wouldn't worry about that. 
Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm going to throw this at you, and, and uh, you might not have been able to, to look into it. Um, and if not, what we'll do is we'll, we'll bump this to, to next week. But I, I do know this is, uh, is a good friend of ours who wants to learn more about oh, uh, yeah. Great Lakes Collagen. I, I did see that come over, and I, I looked at the ingredients on it. It seems like a really good one. Um, it's pretty similar to the Perfect Aminos. It has a lot of similar stuff. So I think it's a good product. And I haven't used it, but um, the trip to fan is a little different. But I think it's still in both of them. Or maybe it isn't in the Great Lakes. Um, but um, you don't. You probably don't need to use both. You really don't. I would just use one, and I don't think it will be a big difference at all. Um, you know, trip to fan, sometimes I use for people that need to sleep better, or uh, sometimes I like tryptophan uh, combined with L-tyrosine for patients that have ADD. Uh, use the L-tyrosine in the morning, a little tryptophan at night. Uh, but um, yeah, so I, I think it's, from what I saw, it looked like a pretty darn good uh, source of uh, protein. I really liked it. All right. And I believe that does it for the questions that came in uh, throughout the week. Thank you guys so much for uh, for sending those in, whether that was through email or through one of our social channels. Uh, for the people just joining us, this is the Performance Medicine Show. We do this every single Tuesday at 7. Uh, it's where we answer your health and wellness questions. And now we're entering the part of the show uh, where, which is uh, one of my favorite things to do all week. We take live questions from you guys. So if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, put it in the comments, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn, uh, and we're going to do our best to get uh, to all of them. Uh, we're going to go for uh, about another half hour here and see how much we can uh, what we can get in here. And I'm looking, uh, sometimes I miss a few. Hold on one second. I'm going to get to Candy's question. Okay. Uh, Candy asks, I forgot to ask Fran, can I take Tylenol with my COVID meds and vitamins? I'm still so achy and sore all over. Uh, and thanks to Fran uh, for all she's done for me uh, the other day. Well, thank you for saying that. She, of course, is talking about Fran Wilson on her Johnson City office. Um, so this is a, uh, it's a COVID question. Uh, first of all, Candy, we hope that you're uh, feeling better um, and, and recovering. Uh, real quick, she's got a few questions about uh, different meds, and I'll, I'll put in the next comment uh, right after. Yeah, um, you know, of course, Fran's great with everything. She's done a great job with treating COVID over the last two and a half years. Um, certainly, you can take Tylenol with COVID, or you can even take ibuprofen with it. You know, um, when I got COVID, I really didn't want to take any any of that at first because I, my temperature is about 102 and five. So I wanted to kind of let that fever do its work. Um, but certainly if you're uncomfortable, you can, you can definitely take it. Uh, I, I tend to think that, uh, ibuprofen works better with achiness than Tylenol does, but so, and some people will take a combination. You can do, you can do both. Um, but so I think it's fine for you to, to take that. I'm sure you're, if you talk to Fran, you're getting the, the full treatment for it. We are seeing a lot of COVID right now, mostly by telephone, of course. But um, 
And since I'm taking so much aspirin, I didn't know if I could, I don't know how much aspirin you're taking. Oh, you're probably taking a 325 for two weeks like we recommend. So here's what I'll tell you for that, Candy, is just don't take your aspirin at the same time you're taking your ibuprofen. Not because it would interact so much as it'll just take the effectiveness of the aspirin out. So I would, I would not dose them within six to eight hours of one another. Uh, so they're working for different things. The aspirin's, of course, to thin your blood. COVID is a blood clotting disorder. And so, uh, yeah, I think you can definitely take uh, Tylenol or ibuprofen. You could take the Tylenol with the aspirin. It wouldn't affect it. Um, so I would do that. Just don't take the ibuprofen at the same time you take the aspirin. Wait a few hours and uh, hopefully you'll start to turn around quickly. One thing I'm finding out about uh, this new mutation is that it's pretty mild in a lot of cases. Um, you know, you can feel pretty achy with it. Some people have a pretty bad sore throat. Um, and you can feel pretty tired with it too. So take it easy, but get outside, get some fresh air and sunshine and take, and you know, even though this is a mild variant, I still treat it aggressively. And we follow these patients. Don't want it getting into your lungs. It's the main thing we're trying to prevent and also blood clotting. But um, so I hope you feel better. I'm pretty confident that you will uh, feel better in the next day or two. Um, um, thank you for that, Candy. Those are great questions. Um, really good questions. All right, let's get to Edna. Um, can taking ivermectin regularly cause uh, GI issues? It could. Um, you know, uh, usually what I recommend is that if you're taking it with COVID or for COVID prophylaxis, uh, take it with something on your stomach. If you're taking it for um, parasitic diseases, I usually say take it on an empty stomach. But, um, you know, it can in some people. Usually if it does, it mean, usually means you have a little gut dysbiosis so, or uh, the, the microbiome is a little messed up. So, um, you know, like right now during this, current surge, I'm taking ivermectin twice a week just to kind of do what I can for prevention. Um, and again, nothing is going to protect you from getting this round of COVID, uh, whether it's previous vaccine or if you've had COVID, you can still get it. We have some people on their third, fourth uh, rounds of getting COVID. So um, you certainly... Uh, it certainly could if it bothers your stomach. I've had very few people that couldn't take it, though, and that it bothered their stomach. Um, so possible, but, uh, again, you're not going to be on it forever, long term, uh, probably. All right, Edna, thank you for that. Um, let's get to, let's see here, where are we at? Uh, Roel, Okay. Um, doctor, do you have to be over 40 to start on a DHEA supplement uh, as a male? No, no, you don't. You know, one thing you may want to do is just check your levels. That's, that's a good, um, good way to see where, you're, where you are. Um, but certainly, um, gosh, just like, you know, a lot of people, I saw a new patient today who's 28 years old, had a really low testosterone level. So, you know, he needs testosterone. Of course, with a young person, you have to, you know what you're doing, work it up 
adequately determine if it's a primary or secondary uh, hypogonadism. Um, but certainly you don't have to be over 40 to start it. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you may hear. No, uh, you really don't. Uh, but check levels if there's any questions. Just like on the previous question about copper and zinc and all that, you can check levels of that. Quest has a new lab out that we've used recently, and it's a vitamin panel. It'll, you can check your copper levels and zinc levels and that type of thing. Um, you know what, you know what but, we should uh, do is we should, we should have um, like a resource um, with all the different levels that you kind of like. Um, because there is a range. You, you talk about vitamin D levels all the time, and um, I, I, like probably many others here, know us between 60 and 80 is where you like them. Um, but, but you do, you say that quite a bit, you know, check levels, and that always, um, you know, I think gives people more confidence, you know, to take the amount of vitamins that, you know, we often talk about. Um, so we might, we might have to do that. Uh, thank you, Roel, for, for putting in that question. Um, let's see, um, Tammy's question on Facebook. I got some greens from the office the other day. I'm assuming this is athletic greens. Um, when do you recommend to drink this? Oh, it probably wasn't athletic greens from our office, but that's a, a good brand. Athletic greens are good. They taste good, but they're kind of expensive. So, um, uh, you can get a little bit just as good. It, it doesn't taste quite like athletic greens, but it's just as good. I certainly every lunch, I use uh, green. I put the powder in my water and drink it. Um, um, I don't know. I do, I do mine at lunch. You know, if I don't have greens in what my meal, um, that's when I'll add it. It seems to be absorbed better. You know, when you don't have your greens like dinner. I usually have greens. Uh, like tonight I had broccoli with some organic chicken. It's a really good dish from Aldi. I bought it at Aldi's and fantastic organic chicken and uh, broccoli was fantastic. Just heat it up. It's great. I like Aldi's. I wish we had a Trader Joe's here or Whole Foods in my town, but I really do like Aldi's. All right. And I got some organic carrots that, that I'm enjoying a lot. Well, what specific foods are you really definitely trying to eat organic out of curiosity the ones that have you know thin skins on them like uh of course chicken one of the biggest ones if you can get it um and vegetables that don't have a hard shell like avocados has such a hard shell it's hard for that those pesticides to work itself into the meat of the avocado but things that are thin shell like apples and uh carrots and um if you ate berries and things like that, I think that's a lot better to get organic because those things they put on it can seep into it through that thin skin. So if it's got thick skin, you don't have to worry so much about organic uh, as you do uh, some of the other stuff that has thin skins. That's a great point. Um, but uh, just get your greens in every day. You know, if you, the best time to take them is when you will take them and you will remember to take them. All right. Thank you, Tammy, for, uh, for prompting that discussion there. Uh, let's get to Denise. Um, Denise is saying, um, 
in a healthy individual, what concerns you more, uh, blood sugar levels, or I'm a, I see a, a continuation here. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, okay, got it. Um, in a healthy individual, what concerns you more, LDL levels or blood sugar levels? Hey, Denise, that's a great question. Blood sugar levels um, for me uh, by far. Because I think a lot of the diseases we have are really more focused because of insulin resistance um, and blood sugar. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather see you have healthy blood sugar levels and insulin response than having a little elevation in your cholesterol, even your LDL. So I'm not as aggressive with trying to get your LDL uh, to 70. Uh, it just, to me, if you have no other risk factors, um, you know, I would not put somebody on a statin that had no other reason to, uh, you know, like say their cholesterol was uh, 240. Um, they had slightly elevated LDL of 125. I saw one of these today, the reason these numbers come to mind. Um, and that person also had low HDL. So I, I look at more HDL uh, than I do LDL. Um, and the thing about statins, they won't raise your HDL, the quote, good cholesterol. Um, and again, a lot of this is more complex than you think. It has to do with the size of the particles, uh, inflammatory rates, etc. cetera. Um, but yeah, I'm really big on healthy blood sugar levels. That's why it's nice to wear a continuous glucose monitor on the back of your arm like a Freestyle Libre and see what kind of uh, blood sugar levels you get with different foods and what it's doing during the night. And of course, I'm just real sensitive to it. I've raised two diabetic kids, type one, and we see all these type two patients that don't even know they're diabetic. And I really think that's more responsible for uh, the bad things that happen to your health than, than cholesterol. That's just, you know, from years of just observing and doing a pretty deep dive with uh, some of the the uh, scientists that lecture a lot on this um, seems to be the the current uh, thinking. I know, you know, even some of the cardiologists. That's all they concentrate on is the the LDL. But I think there's a lot more things to worry about than the LDL. Um, great question. Wonderful, Denise. You're smart, Denise. You're, thank that, you so that, much that was for a great great question. Thank you for prompting that. Um, real quick, Doc, is the reason you really want to pay attention to blood sugar, is it because the impact it has on your insulin levels? Well, or do you the look insulin at levels have to do with your blood sugar levels. So, um, yeah, because the, the, um, the elevated blood sugar levels damage your arteries and damage your kidneys, damage your heart, damage your brain. They even call... Um, Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes um, because you're very more likely to have Alzheimer's if you have blood sugar problems. And it's not just your hemoglobin A1C, which is a three, three to four month average sugar. It's those spikes that, uh, that do the damage. Like your A1C could be completely normal, but if you find out on your blood sugar monitor after you eat dinner, your sugar spikes to 170, 180, um, then you've, you know, you got problems. Um, you know, it's causing damage. 
So uh, it's glycating. Uh, it's turning your, it's just inflammatory. Um, so that's something really to look at really closely. And when people get overweight, they, they're by definition insulin resistant. They have to have higher and higher insulin levels to control their blood sugars. Uh, and then eventually it won't work and boom, they're a diabetic. So focus a lot on blood sugars. And I think that's more the trend. The people that are really up to date with it know that that's much more important than, uh, than what your cholesterol level is. Um, I, I, I find it fascinating that you're, you talk a lot about, you know, looking at, you know, blood sugar levels, you know, on a daily basis versus your A1C, which is your, I think it's your, is that your three month average? Yeah. So you yeah. really, the three month average isn't as useful as say, you know, what's happening on a meal by meal basis. Is that right? It's useful, but it's useful, but it's, you get a lot more information by doing uh, a blood a continuous blood glucose monitor, even pricking your finger after meals just to see. But I found that wearing that continuous glucose monitor for me was really valuable at, at knowing what shot my sugars up and what didn't. Um, so really interesting. Um, and that's why you need to get an insulin level checked as well as, um, you know, just an A1C. Um, but you don't need you don't you don't need to get your insulin levels checked the same the, the amount of times maybe as your blood sugar is that right? Um, sometimes I'll do an insulin tolerance test, like I'll have somebody come in for a fasting glucose and insulin level, and then I'll send them down to Panera, have them eat a bagel with jelly, and then get them back in an hour and a half and see if it's really bumped up their insulin and sugar levels, or maybe just the insulin by itself. If it bumps up really high, the sugar level still may be normal, but their insulin level is really popping up. You know, they're insulin resistant or headed towards diabetes. So it's just really, you, you want to try to prevent this stuff before the damage is done. So great question. Uh, thank you for that, Denise. Um, all right, let's get to my brother, Steve. Um, I am curious about your favorite protein powder. Uh, I am just starting to work out again after cervical spine surgery. I have used whey protein in the past, but I have become curious about hemp protein. What have you used and what do you recommend? I love hemp protein. I really do. Um, you know, it just seems to be more bioavailable than whey. Whey is, I used to think whey, uh, you know, the dairy protein like casein, it's just not as good. Whey is better. Hydrolyzed whey is better than the casein, but I like hemp better. You know, I've found a really good, um, I like the perfect aminos a lot. Um, I found that to be very helpful for me. I noticed a difference right off when I started taking the perfect aminos. Um, and I like the powder better than I do the capsules. You have to take quite a few capsules, but the powder is really absorbable. And, um, you know, I, I really think it helps my workouts. Um, so, and a lot of people I've told about that have come in raving about it. Um, especially some of your people that work out a lot, um, like Steve's getting ready to do. So I hope you have a good recovery. I know you're recovering well from your surgery and best of luck. Don't forget about digestion. Make sure your gut's working right too. Uh, Steve, make sure your gut's working well. <laughs> That's one th thing Steve never talks about as 
gut health. He needs to. He needs to focus <laughs> on gut health a lot. All right, Steve. Kidding, kidding. He's the gut man. Steve, we love you, man. Uh, so it seems um, you're talking perfect aminos there. Uh, that's my favorite. Yeah, but I, I, I do use hemp protein as well. Do you take both? Out of curiosity, perfect aminos I and do. hemp. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the hemp hearts. You know, I'll sprinkle them on everything, and uh, you know, really it depends on how much you work at as to how much uh, protein you really need. Usually, uh, a gram per kilogram is pretty good if you're working out. Some people take a little more, but uh, all right. Well, let's get to Lisa's question here. Um, what is the fastest and best thing to do to impact insulin resistance? This is a great question. That is a good question. There's two things I would tell you. Number one, low carb, low carb. The other thing is intermittent fasting. Those are my two favorite ways to do that. You can start it now. Um, If I was to recommend a supplement that may help, it'd be berberine. Um, But uh, if you're overweight, weight loss. And what you're going to get through low carb and intermittent fasting, um, eat more good fats, moderate protein, way lower carbs than your average American, especially if you have a problem with your weight. Um, low it, carb. Are you time restricted eating? When you say low carb, are you generally thinking like less than 40 grams a day? I would say less than 50. You don't have to go keto, genic, like 20. Um, not a lot of people can do that, but um, uh, it's just really interesting. All right, Lisa. So low carb and intermittent fasting there uh, is the two is the two fastest uh, fastest and best things you could do to impact insulin resistance. Uh, thank you for that question. Uh, let's get to Tammy here. Uh, I've been working longer hours after work lately, and I've gotten less sleep. Can less sleep affect your blood pressure or your heart rate to increase? Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. Sleep is so important. That's why I wear my aura ring to analyze my sleep after every night. I'll look at that. And I I find out that if I've gone to bed too late, uh, my heart rate variability is going to be less. You want, you want, your heart rate variability would be high when you're sleeping, low when you're working out. Um, and also your heart rate. You know, if you're stressed, not uh, not resting well or getting deep quality sleep, then you'll notice your resting heart rate will be higher than usual. You want a low resting heart rate, uh, but a high heart rate variability, which you can get through an aura ring. Uh, I just love the aura. Now, uh, I'm measuring my PO2, my oxygen saturations on the aura ring. That can give you a clue as to whether or not you have sleep apnea or you disturb breathing patterns. Um, so breathing has a lot to do with it. I, I consulted this week with Zach Kramer, our breathing coach, and learned a lot about breathing. And I certainly have changed a few of my habits, like uh, nose breathing through when I'm exercising and triangular breathing and uh, how trying to increase the amount of time that I can retain carbon dioxide, uh, which is a vasodilator, very healthy. So just interesting. And we hope to get Zach consulting with a lot of our patients that have 
breathing problems, especially those long COVID patients that are struggling with that. So I, I saw, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for that question, Tammy. I, I saw, um, I think it was uh, Andrew Huberman that mentioned that um, not nose breathing while you're sleeping is actually very dangerous. You know, and I, I, we, I think we always, we knew that it was good for you to breathe through your nose as you're sleeping, but the fact that it could be dangerous to not nose breathe, uh, while you sleep is kind of wild. Yeah. The mouth breathers are the ones that get the sleep apnea more often. Uh, so yeah, you need to be a nose breather for sure. You should even think about taping your mouth shut so that you will be a nose breather. Um, I love that. Um, all right, let's get to, to my to my buddy Mark. Uh, Mark, I hope you're well, man. I need to uh, get back to get back to you. I, you sent me a very sweet uh, email the other day. I really appreciate that. Um, the question is: the repurposing low dose naltrexone LDN to reduce thrombotic complications in COVID nineteen uh, NTX treatment for reduction in fibrinogen leukocyte platelet aggregation and coagulation markers. The question is, uh, your thoughts on using NTX treatments for other blood clotting issues? Well, certainly, we've been advised by a lot of the outside-the-box experts on treating long COVID um, to use LDN on virtually all our long COVID patients, and we're doing that um, for sure, and it seems to be helping them. There's a lot of uses for low-dose naltrexone, um, you know, but I'm all for using other things, whether it's an 81 milligram aspirin. Sometimes you have to treat with Lovenox if your D-dimer's high or Eliquis. Um, or you can go the natural route with lumbokinase, natokinase, those type of things. Um, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but certainly repurposing naltrexone, low-dose naltrexone is great. I think I started three people down uh, LDN. Um, for various reasons, and um, I think it works. I really do. We've had great feedback from, from using it, but certainly COVID-19 is a blood clotting disorder, and there's a lot of other things that can cause blood clotting too. Um, but Mark's always up to date on the, the, the blood clotting. He should have been a hematologist. He really should have. Uh, Mark, thank you for that question. Um, let's I get call him my part-time hematologist. That's what I <laughs> I'm the term Mark. I love it. I love it. Uh, Roel has a good question here. Uh, how many milligrams of berberine do you suggest? Man, I think it's, I'm trying to remember the milligrams on the, the berberine that we go. We have to get it from a different source now uh, because we're having a hard time getting it from life extension. Um, gosh, I have to look on my, my bottle. I don't know why I'm blanking out on the dose. Um, <laughs> But I should have some berberine. Let me see if I can make it magically appear. Out of I my... heard that door open. <laughs> here it is right here. Man. Let's see. Yeah, that's what I thought. 500. 500 milligrams. That was quick. That Thank was, you. That was very quick. I, 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 am, I, am I on like a timeline? Somebody's lapse? paying attention. Somebody besides <laughs> you is paying attention. Like, I, I, am I on a, a lag here on my end? I mean, man, that was like, no, as you no. were saying it. Um, no, that was pretty impressive. So what was the milligram? 500. 500. 
thank you. Uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, uh, mom and slash Jenny slash. No, that wasn't Jenny. That was Ike brought it down here in his <laughs> mouth. He follows these things. Um, all right. Bianca is asking, are you familiar with the Morpheus eight skin treatment? If so, thoughts. Yeah. Um, that is a, <clears throat> I'm trying the Morpheus eight, um, is almost, I think it works. Gosh, I wish Kelly was here with me to, to the, um, it's, it's a good treatment. We went with another type of machine because it's a lot less painful. The Morpheus, uh, which is great for tightening skin up and it's almost kind of resurfaces a little bit too. Um, it's a good treatment. It's, it tends to be painful from what most people say. Um, but Bianca, I'll have you contact Kelly. Ben, put that as a good question for Kelly because she does all our lasers. And uh, it's, it's kind of like you know, the virtue that we decided to go with, um, which isn't totally painless. I had the virtue myself. And I mean, it's not totally painless, but if, compared to the Morpheus, I think it's a lot less painful but i'll have kelly give you a call if you want and you can she can discuss the differences a lot better than i can because she runs all our lasers and radio frequency devices and fat burners and there's a lot of things you can do um you know for uh, skin resurfacing tightening even fat loss so great question but we we were going to go with amorphous and i researched it and everybody said it's so painful that you almost need to be knocked out you know, when you get it. So, and what, what um, I'll do Bianca, is I'm, I'm writing that down and, uh, uh, we will find more information on it because, uh, the Morpheus is great. And I, I know there's a, uh, a, a lot of, um, good things about that as well. And, um, I don't know what the comparison is with virtue, but I, I'm, I'm, according to, uh, what Katie's saying is they're very similar and, um, and we'll, we'll get Kelly to talk more about that and talk about the differences, uh, if there's other differences besides the pain levels. Uh, so thank you for, uh, that question. Uh, Rowell, thank you for the kind words, ma'am. Thank you so much. Uh, we love you back. Um, thank you for saying that. Uh, we thank got, you. we got Elena giving Jenny a shout out. Uh, yes, yeah, I tell she you is, what, she's on top of that was, that was about as quick as it gets. Um, yeah. And, uh, I've never seen her that quick. I've never seen her that quick. <laughs> um, all right. So it, it's, she it, took her B vitamins and CoQ10 today, probably her B vitamins, her, her Vitatrim, uh, the whole deal. Um, well guys, it looks like we've, we've succeeded and answered, uh, all the questions. Um, I can't tell you, uh, how much I, there's, I, there's over 40 of you guys here with us tonight. Uh, right now. And uh, it really means a lot to me that y'all hang out with us for this hour and, and ask these amazing questions. Uh, it gets us thinking um, and, you know, hopefully brings you guys some, some value. Uh, Candy, thank you for the follow-up question um, from the visit. I hope more and more people uh, do stuff like that. I was talking to, to Margo, who's our uh, next provider in Fountain City. And um, and I know she was talking to patients about, you know, seeing them to the show, uh, after visits and, uh, just as an, as an added, 
value there and hopefully uh, helps you get more out of the visit with one of our providers if, uh, if, you're, if you're in our area. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, Roel, uh, hit the like button, guys. Uh, that means a lot to us. And if, you have you. Not, if you have not subscribed, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we're heading towards 10,000 subscribers. Um, we need a we need a few more. So if you have not subscribed yet, please do. That means a lot to us, uh, especially uh, my mom and I. Uh, we work hard Tuesday uh, to get these videos out. Um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we had three go up today. Uh, this is Trey Waters, uh, our pharmacist friend. Uh, up in Abingdon. Uh, check out uh, this episode of Outside the Box to learn about uh, where uh, pharmacy is heading and uh, talks a lot about personalized medicine. Uh, and then Lucas Schmidt, our, our, our newest addition, a nutrition coach and trainer, um, talks about personalized nutrition plans and personalized training sessions. And then, of course, we've got Doc himself, the Common Sense MD, today going over platelet-rich plasma where you get to see him uh, actually get a PRP injection. Uh, so guys, check that out if you haven't already. See that smile on my face? It really didn't <laughs> hurt. Uh, Jill is a wonderful injector and, you know, the PRP is amazing. I mean, my knee already feels better, you know. Um, well, uh, I don't have, well, there's see. Ike over there wanting to get in here. But, uh, but uh, yeah, the PRP is going to be great. I really like it a whole lot. Um, but uh, Steve, I'm going to leave you, for you the with kind a words, my man. Thank you, Steve. Um, I'm going to leave you with a, a quote, Ben. I don't know why I just thought of this, but um, uh, but there's a couple of things that I like to quote. One of them is uh, was told to me by one of the one of my psychology friends that uh, I also see as a patient. And, uh, we always talk about things about patients and all, and the problems and the troubles, and one thing, one quote he gave me that I really like and I use a lot, especially for people that have multiple problems and, you know, they just don't think they're going to get better, that their wits in. Uh, I'm, they think I'm their last hope or I've been all these doctors and you're, the, you're my last hope. You know, when they hit, when they said, I'm thinking, oh man, I hope I can help you cry. <laughs> Maybe think outside the box, but uh, a quote I like is that, that you are a unique individual. However, your problems are not unique. So they're common. And here's another quote that I thought of today because I see a lot of law enforcement guys and girls and, you know, we, we really rely on them a lot. And, you know, I'm so happy to know a lot of them. And here's Ike. <laughs> and I saw a quote from a policeman that, um, that I talked to um, today and he said something I won't forget. He says, as policemen, we're not paid for what we do. We're paid for what we might have to do. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a great statement that uh, I just love that. I love anyway, that. For what that's worth, it has nothing to do with medicine, but um, I really respect our law enforcement and our military so much. And that's very true. That, love that's, that. They're worth their weight in gold. You want to see a picture of Ike real quick before? I, I, I'm assuming everybody here wants to see a little Ike before we, Probably. Before he's we head out. Probably. He's right here. There he is. He's Guy's getting heavy. There he is. <laughs> Ike, what's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he likes, he likes the camera too much. 
he, he's certainly very photogenic, way more than I am, you know, but uh, he makes me look better, doesn't he? Uh, He'll probably lick my face. Well, I gave him a carrot. I gave him an organic carrot for supper, and he liked that. So uh, they all like anyway. Ike. Ike, you're, you're a popular, to, you're a popular to, dude on this show. Thanks to Ben Curtis and Katie for turning me on to those organic carrots. I really like them. There you go. I try to, I try to eat one a day. So thank you. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Ben. All right. Thank you guys. A uh, real quick shout out. Thank you, uh, Katie, who's been on the, the performance medicine handle in YouTube. Uh, Katie Gagway, our operations manager. Thank you for, uh, for always being here and being on the back end of, of this show. Thank you, Jenny, uh, my mother for, uh, for quickly getting whatever we need and, and, and prepping for the show. I see Stephanie in here. Uh, Stephanie is in our team or on our team in Kingsport. Thank you uh, for being in here tonight. We appreciate you and appreciate all that you're doing in the office. You're amazing. Stephanie's uh, brother and I are going to form a band, I hope, you know, soon. I think it has to happen. We're both guitar players. And, <laughs> uh, we're still thinking of a good name, but uh, I think uh, we're going to jam. You and you and your guitar, man. Um, all right, we gotta let these. We gotta let them go. They got they got right. a night. They got. I'm sure it's you know not raining anymore. Um, Dad, I love you, man. Mom, love you. Love you too. Good night. Um, Thank you. I love you, man. Thank you guys. Thank y'all for hanging out with us. We appreciate y'all uh, being here. <laughs> Performance Medicine Show Tuesdays, 7 p.m. We'll see you guys next week. Let me find my outro, and we're out. Don't go away Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.